Hey nerds, welcome back to The Paper Fold. I am your host, Sarah, the paper nerd, and I'm so glad to be back nerding out with you on my favorite topic, stationery. Today, I have not one, but two very special guests for you, Tiny and Snail, aka Leah Nixon and Grace Nixon-Peterson. This is a sister operation who, from the looks of their Instagram feed, are cultivating a very devoted cult following. Both of these sisters are artists, and apparently growing up, they were quite competitive about who could make the quote-unquote best pieces. I get a definite Little Women vibe, meaning the 2019 Greta Gerwig version from them and their extended family. They began Tiny and Snail after a few false starts and some typical sibling squabbling, naming their range for a comic drawn by the six-year-old daughter of a good family friend. Fast forward to August 2018, life completely changed for them and their family forever when Leah was working her day job at Habitat for Humanity and a forklift tipped over, crushing her underneath. Her spine was severed and Leah is paralyzed from the armpits down and her right leg was amputated. However, miraculously, Leah, aka Tiny, can still paint and the young range soldiered on, informed by this blessing and curse. Today, their motto is, if it doesn't make us laugh out loud or ache with its beauty, go back to the drawing board. Thus, you will learn that the artful tiny and snail range is steeped in as many layers of meaning as it is layers of paint. It is impossible not to be struck by the invigorating approach Grace and Leah have taken to their work, letter writing, and community. They have said, in an age of technology, snail mail isn't just a novelty, it's powerful. As you can imagine, I couldn't agree more with that statement, yet I am so grateful they are spreading that good snail mail gospel to say nothing of their beautifully painted envelopes that will take your breath away from the moment you feast your eyes on them. Stay right here for more from this creative powerhouse duo. You do not want to miss this. Hey nerds, I can't go any further without raving about Girl With Knife, a maker that not only occupies a very special place in my stationary heart, but also after just three short years of existence in the heart of the card and gift community as well. I well remember the very moment I got acquainted with this range as well as its exquisite creator, Alicia Castaldi. It was in the before times. Yes, it was winter 2019 and Alicia was making her trade show debut at New York now. I came around a corner to see a chic burst of blush and black that was her booth, and then I spied Alicia herself. This was my brand new BFF and paper goods. I just didn't know it yet. What makes this stationery and gift range so special? Well, if you describe yourself as feminine, unapologetic, and authentic, with a polished sense of style and a razor-sharp wit, this is the maker for you. And clearly the world agrees. In its brief existence, Girl With Knife has received multiple industry awards, including a coveted and hyper-competitive Louis Award, as well as major national press in BuzzFeed, New York Magazine, Palm Springs Life, HGTV, and LA Business Journal. However, it was her recent coverage in What Women Create that really provided a glimpse into how this collage artist brings her dazzling visions to life, sliced by nimble exacto slice in sunny Palm Springs. If you look through the latest Girl With Knife wholesale catalog, nearly as fun as the cards themselves is Alicia's pithy commentary on each one. It's like a friend spilling over champagne. And speaking of catalogs, this one contains a bevy of gift product for the new year. Now the season of fierce has become a lifestyle of fierce. Alicia's got weekly pads, candles, art prints, and pinch me, she has pillows. With names like We Just Fit Together, Eternally Fierce, and Rare Creature, you know your dreamscape just got upgraded. As I write this, I have not yet traveled to any of the winner's shows, but I already know these are going to be some of the most memorable finds that I will want to share, not just throughout Stationary Trends, The Paper Nerd, and The Paper Fold, but my life. With all that said, it should be clear that I can barely relay how proud I am that Girl With Knife sponsors this podcast. So head on over to girlwithknife.com. Once you lift your jaw off the floor, you'll see why I say what I say and agree. 
I guarantee your girl gang will be speechless. Okay, I have Grace and Leah here. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. This is such a treat. So Tiny and Snail was born before Leah's accident, but the accident itself changed the mission and course of your brand exponentially. Can the two of you take listeners through that trajectory? Sure. Leah, do you want to start off? Sure. So I guess we'll start at the beginning. Um, I was living in Kentucky in a really remote area. Um, and so I... I I wasn't finding work really that, you know, uh, suited my, I, I had gone to college for art and, mm-hmm. um, I was sort of struggling a little bit after college, figuring out how to do what I wanted to do. Anyway, it's a hard Grace time. Also, it is. It's so, it's hard. a really hard I'm so time. I'm, I'm so glad I'm not 20 again. Uh, <laughs> But Grace was moving north-south with her husband, and so with the nomadic lifestyle, she was finding it difficult to find work, too. Because he's a golf pro, so um, we chased the sun quite a bit until we finally got established in Milwaukee. Nice. so Grace was starting starting to make handmade cards and selling them on Etsy for like $9 each, I think, and... I had a conversation with her one day. I was like, Grace, you're never going to make money selling handmade cards and you're ruining your wrists in the process. So I was like, I can do computer work. I can figure out how we can like work together to, you know, print these out and actually start a a business. And so we tossed around the idea for quite a while. And I think we were both like, unfortunately pretty stubborn about you know like is it her company is it my company so finally we realized that it's our company (laughs) that's such a sister that's such a sister (laughs) thing i'm sorry like i could totally see my sister and i like arguing about that for like a good week or two before we talked about product (laughs) so anyway once we came up with our name tiny and snail um (laughs) It just, it felt like its own new journey that we were embarking upon. And uh, yeah, so we started designing our signature collection, which is how many cards, Grace? Um, There were 13 cards in the signature collection, I think. Well, two postcards yeah, and 11. I, th- I think you're right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And once we actually started the work, Mm-hmm. Uh, magically, we started getting along better <laughs> because we realized that both. <laughs> it was not like. <laughs> I think there was just more angst about like artistically. How is this even going to work? Like we're two very different like artists, and like how is this going to blend together? And there was just kind of like that angst. And then, but once we started designing, it was just like oh, it just makes sense. Like some of these cards are my art, some are Leah's art, some are a blend where like we have a Stardust and Fireworks card that is our all-time best-selling card. And Leah painted this magical little camping scene, but she Mm -hmm. just wasn't able to get like fireworks quite like free and loose enough. So anyway, so I did the fireworks and she incorporated it into her image and it was magic. So anyway, it it is cool. Like once you just start on the path, some of the answers resolve themselves. Right, right. I feel like that on so many creative projects. Like let's just stop talking about process. Let's just get started. Like I, that's definitely where I am. Obviously you need a process. You need some order. You need a framework. But to me, like that's the most boring part. But, I, you know, it's, I'm glad you guys got past that quickly <laughs> without killing each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and so let's see, I decided to move back home and I started working for Habitat for Humanity building homes because, uh, you know, I needed some money to live. Um, and we were, (laughs) we weren't making any doing tidy and stale at the time. So, uh, you know, I was working like 
eight hour long labor days um very physical work and then I would come home and like in the evenings or weekends I would work on tiny and snail and um about two weeks before uh, my life flipped upside down um I was thinking oh like I I was I believe I was tying rebar for a foundation or something in like 90 degree weather and I the sun was beating down on me and I was just like oh I wonder when I'm going to be able to transition like at least part-time to tiny and snail and then like two weeks later uh, a telehandler fell on me and that was my answer <laughs> um <laughs> you asked the universe for <laughs> I was not going to be working for Habitat for Humanity anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess just briefly the accident. Uh, we were putting up raptors. It had rained really hard. The angle of the telehandler, which is like a 22,000 pound forklift with a long arm, basically, uh, it fell on me and... Um, I lost my right leg and my spine. Um, I have a spinal cord injury, um, mm -hmm. so I can't really move or feel anything below my chest. Um, but the first question I asked when I woke up was, well, Grace, do you want, do you want to tell us? Sure. Um, yeah, so it was like, I mean, it was very she was hanging by a thread. You mm -hmm. know, the fact that Leah is alive and here is absolutely miraculous. Um, but I flew home immediately from Milwaukee to go back to South Dakota and be with her in the ICU and with my family. And um, after, I think the first surgery was like 13 hours or something, you know, insanely long. And, um, and when we were in the room and Leah was kind of like, she, she the, the medicine had started to lift a bit or the fog, you know, and, uh, but she was intubated, so she couldn't talk, mm -hmm. um, but she could move her hands. And so she finger spelled into my palm, can I still draw? <laughs> and, uh, we were able to say like, yeah, you can, um, which was just, and that was the thing, like, as soon as I heard about the accident, I just, I was wailing and I was just like, God, you have to let her live and you have to let her still use her hands. Um, because art is just, it's who Leah is. It's like her whole being is just this gorgeous, deep artist. And um so the fact that the the line of paralysis, I mean, if it would have just been a hair different, uh, she wouldn't have hand function. Um, so it was really incredible. And, and that was obviously at the forefront of her mind, even after all of this trauma to her body and her brain, like that was the first thing that she wanted to know. Um, so it was pretty amazing. Wow. I mean, you're still asking that same question. When am I taking this full time? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that, but it's like, that was your, that was still, you're still asking yourself that question after you've just been through this incredible ordeal that, you know, you d nearly did not come out of. Yeah. Well, you know, actually tiny and snail, I think there was honestly a few times that I could have chosen to die. Um, mm. But uh, at one point, my little brother who was born when I was 16, he came by and held my hand. And th there was sort of like this inky blackness that was calling to me. And I had a feeling that if I went there, I wouldn't be in pain anymore. And um, Will came by and held my hand. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't can't leave mm -hmm. and another thing that kept me here was tiny and snail because i had the thought like grace can't run tiny and snail by herself like, <laughs> she's gonna mess it up <laughs> well no i mean i'm kidding i'm, I'm joking i'm sorry that's what i'm saying about website. my sister <laughs> 
I mean, I can't leave her. I told her we were doing this together. That's, that's so amazing and so beautiful. Hey nerds, it's the Paper Nerd swinging in to tell you about my own consulting services. Sometime during the first lockdown, I started getting serious about consulting with the rough idea that I could review ranges and offer guidance to makers however I could. Much to my surprise, my consulting has proven to be both popular and incredibly personally rewarding as I'd never before had a chance to really help ranges grow and meet their big picture goals. My approach is tailored to each individual client, so I always start off with a get acquainted call, no charge, just to learn more and see if I can help. Usually I just ask a lot of questions and try to get a sense of the brand, its challenges and overall goals. It's not unlike a therapy session, but for your business. Sometimes it's very freeing to just get it all out to a compassionate, objective listener. Meanwhile, if all goes well, once we agree on a general plan and what needs to be addressed first, I get cracking. This may entail suggesting some names of reps, polishing your website or individual product copy, recommending which shows to consider, or even examining your range skew by skew and giving you my honest feedback on what works and what doesn't. I don't think anyone will be surprised to hear that I have had long exchanges debating elements like trim size, envelopes, paper, sentiment, and typefaces. I can tell you what else is out there that is similar and suggest how you can differentiate. If I have learned anything so far, it's that most makers see their brands much as we see our children. There is a lot of energy and emotion invested. It's all very complicated. And just like we can all use some occasional guidance as parents, it's helpful to get the same for your other baby. If you are interested, visit my consulting page on thepapernerd.com to see testimonials from my existing clients and reach out to me. I promise I will be as honest as I I know how, and anything you share stays between you and me. It's always an honor to be entrusted with anyone's baby, so I'd love to take a deep dive into yours. Give me a shout, and let's get started. So I can imagine your recovery was, you know, incredibly long. I, I don't even know how long we, how long you were in the ICU oh, before you were even like ICU having a conversation. For- yeah, I was in the ICU for 29 days, and then I had wow. a life flight down to a rehab place in Colorado called Craig Hospital, which is honestly one of the best rehab places in the world for spinal cord injuries and brain injuries, and I feel extremely lucky that I got to go there. Um, but yeah, and then it was, so back up a couple, like still in the ICU, I think it was about maybe... 10 days after my accident or something, Grace brought Mm -hmm. in my computer and she was like, Leah, we have to put a shop notification up that says we're not shipping right now. (laughs) And so I don't, don't, Leah is our website (laughs) masters. I don't know how to do this stuff. And it was incredible. It was such a testament, like a testament to um, helmets, hard helmets, actually, uh, because Leah had a hard hat on at the accident site. And thank God, like her brain was just completely spared. And um, she wasn't even able to like really, you know, see the computer. And so I just had the computer and she was able to just mentally go through the steps and be like, okay, so the settings are over here and you should see this button and put go here. It was amazing. And she was able to help me get up this notification. And so we were like, okay, Leah, you're a wonder. Like, this is incredible. That's awesome. As you both put it to me when we chatted, um, following um, Leah's accident, the two of you had a lot of life um, in the past few years following that. In fact, you went, it's good and bad stuff, uh, but all major stuff. You describe your family as America's luckiest unlucky family, (laughs) which is quite a nomenclature. Um, Your dad, (laughs) your dad had cancer. Uh, Leah, you got married and had a baby. And um, Leah, you told me that it was the silver linings throughout all this that helped your mindset remain in like a more uplifting place. Um, so Grace, I know this has greatly obviously affected you as well. I'm I'm wondering if you, I wanted to 
see if you could both speak to these sort of silver linings and how you bring that sort of positivity to your cards, which you both described to me as meant for real life experiences. I mean, like these are not, you know, if a, if the um, stereotype of quote unquote, a Hallmark card, not to mess on Hallmark, but when people say, oh, life is not a Hallmark card. I mean, that's not what you're you know, that's not your mission with this range. Your mission is to, when really crappy stuff happens, still reach out to people. So how do you take that and put that in a product range? I think we're both just so deeply committed to being honest about life and our experiences. Um, And we just both realized that life is just so beautiful and it's so terrible. And those things coexist for everyone. Um, And we have just experienced both of those things in abundance, you know, over these past few years, especially. Um, And it's just kind of this, this outlook and this commitment to share it. Um, and I, I, I think that has helped get us through, honestly, being able to articulate the experience through whether that's through our art or we both write poetry. So sometimes, you know, we'll share our poetry um, or just, you know, hopping on Instagram and and sharing about what's going on. It's just deeply important to us. And um, so it's really come out in our cards because yeah, I feel like we just aren't really capable of making a, a, a trite card. It just like doesn't, it doesn't sit right with us. Um, and so, and having these experiences, like for example, Leah um, had a miscarriage as well. Mm-hmm. Like after she went through the accident, um, she and Kelsey miscarried and from that, uh, she created this gorgeous piece of art. Like I, I love collecting quotes from, you know, books I find or podcasts I listen to. Um, and Shauna Nequist is a writer who I really respect and admire. And she had written this gorgeous quote. Um, and so I'd always kind of like tucked that away as maybe something that would be beautiful on a card. And we were able to reach out to her because we always want to make sure we get permission for the quotes. And Fortunately, she said yes and gave her blessing. Um, And Leah was able to incorporate this quote about um, just pain and brokenness. But it's in a nutshell, it's like, I, I can't fix any of this for you. I know I can't make it go away. But what I can do is be here with you in the pain and the mess. Um, it It's much more beautifully worded. Go to our website to see the- I will, I will. The broken pieces. But- um, Well, but you have to start to the copy. You do the artwork. So I don't expect you to be articulate that. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's a union. <laughs> but that is, that but is like, beautiful. And the image that Leah did, you know, where it was these two hands just holding these petals like that had fallen, you know? And um, anyway, we, we had a customer reach out to us about that card and she's just like, my precious friend just had a miscarriage and I've never been through that, but I know that that's what informed this card. And I'm so grateful to have this card. And it was almost like there was just this uh, sacred trust between Mm -hmm. us and our customer. And, and she knew like, the place that this card was created from came out of this depth of experience. And this is something that now I can connect with my friend um, and just bring a word of love and a little piece of comfort. And so I, I do think that it, that's just a huge part of our company is like, yeah. okay, how can we just take all of this, crap that we've been given and like make gifts out of it to then also help help the world. Right, right, right. I mean, look, I, you know, there are many times when we want to reach out to someone who've just been through something 
horrible. And, you know, you don't have the words to say it. Uh, and, you know, that's part of the job of a great card is to do that sort of heavy lifting to get us in a place where we can open up. I know that after spinal cord injuries or something as traumatic as that, um, people want meaning to their life more than ever. And, um, and I think that's something that, you know, it's inevitable to think about because you're like, I, I should be dead right now, but I'm not. So what am I here to do? And I just am so grateful for Tiny as Nail because I think that is my purpose now is to um, make beautiful art <laughs> that can help other people through these experiences of loss and love and celebration and uh so i don't know i mean it's just such a privilege to be in this space now um i mean you guys are you know adding really cool you're just adding a lot to this space and as we're talking it didn't occur to me as i was pre preparing for this podcast and writing your questions and doing all that but like all of a sudden i'm thinking a lot about frida kahlo and about how you know when i first learned about her like i i learned about her art before i learned her backstory and, you know, you learn her backstory and you're like, oh, my God, this woman was in agony and she went through this, that and the other thing. Well, it just made her work so powerful and it still speaks to people, um, you know, so, you know, how long ago did she die? Like almost 100 years ago? Like, you know, yeah, or maybe... So. Yeah, like a really long time, yet her work, like she's she's probably never been more popular uh, than that. So speaking of women painters, um, Grace, I love that your envelope painting was apparently born after you decided to make a quote unquote, no wasted paint rule. Um, this was after you embarked on a 30 day challenge to paint a floral a day. I, I just love it. Uh, now, personally, I hate wasting anything. Uh, so did this arise from a desire to create more work or because you hate throwing stuff out like me? Um, I really want to hear about how this was born and how this art form evolved to like where you where where you have it today. Sure. Yeah. Mail art is just something that I've loved for a long time. And I feel like it's just a sparkling little piece of our company where we really promote like not only beautiful cards inside of the envelope but like how can you make the envelope itself um just a, a piece of delight so um yeah the very first time I had ever seen the concept was I had written a fan letter to a blogger who I really loved and to my surprise she wrote me back and she had taken like a Patagonia catalog page and crafted in, into this quick little envelope and then wrote on the actual magazine, like my address. And I was just like, this is amazing. I, I, this is the only way I'm sending mail from now on. <laughs> um, so I like developed a way to just make um, envelopes out of magazine pages without a template or anything fussy. Um, mm -hmm. So I was doing that for a long time. And then I really started to delve more into painting and acrylics uh, and an artist and friend and mentor of mine, Amanda Evanston, she runs every February this um, 28 days of February or of florals um, on Instagram. And I was like, oh, I really want to do this challenge for February but I think I want to do it on envelopes because that's kind of, you know, that's very on brand for tiny and snail. And I was like, then I can have some fun stuff to post. And, um, and also then I can send out cards in these envelopes. So I was painting these florals and I think there's something too. It's very, uh, it's non-intimidating for me to start doing art on an envelope versus like if I'm doing it on a canvas, it's just a little harder to, uh, it's just a little it's scarier. Maybe maybe an envelope is more like a doodle. Like it's a little less. Totally. 
I mean, I I fell in uh, years ago when I first got on Pinterest. I you know discovered the whole like male art community, and I always wanted to integrate it into you know, what I did at Stationary Trends, but it's just since it's one, you know, since they're one and done, it's not, you know, it doesn't lend itself to the mass produced model. And um, you guys have been able to bridge that, which is, um, I, which I love that you've met, you, you brought that into um, this world or the stationary, you know, Oh, you mean with the instant artful envelopes? Yes. Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the next step of the. So yeah. Anyway, like doing the paint on the envelope. Sometimes it'll be more intricate, and sometimes it'll just be I'm painting another piece, um, like on a canvas or on a piece of paper or whatever. And then I don't want to waste the paint, so it'll just be dashes and circles and anything you do immediately looks cooler. Yeah, if you can draw a circle and lines, you have just taken your mail to a whole new place. <laughs> it makes your envelopes look so cool. When I got the one from you guys that, that you drew on, that you painted on the first one, I still haven't opened it. Um, it's so amazing. I love it so much. The, my only complaint is that the U.S. Postal Service ruined it by putting these ugly stickers on it. But I know. That's a whole well, when I go in... <laughs> Yeah, when I go in with some of my packages, I love my posties uh, in Milwaukee. Like Jennifer, Dan, and Miles are just so close to my heart. But um, yeah, they'll they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, Grace! Like I don't even know where to put this sticker because you covered the whole thing in art. Like I'm gonna mess it up." I'm like it's okay, it's okay. You, can, I, I understand. Will they hand cancel um, it for you when you bring your stuff in? Do they love you enough that they'll hand cancel it? Oh yeah, without a question, they will do that. So it's very sweet of them. They, uh, yeah, I can never move because I just they are too good to me. So, um, you took this concept to your instant artful envelopes, which I love. Um, and these obviously evolved from the painting on the envelopes, but they sort of also came from what you mentioned about transforming any magazine page into an envelope. You even have a tutorial on your site to show folks how to do this themselves. Now, most makers that I work with would not really push this as they want their clientele to buy product, but this sort of upcycling seems really, really inherent to your brand. Um, can you speak to this sort of non-mercenary path you embrace, which as someone who was raised by a hippie, I love by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I think for Lee and I, we're just um, very committed to trying to spread the lifestyle of sending mail and being creative. Uh, and we just find so much solace and joy from being creative and reaching out to people, um, you know, through through the mail. And And so if we're able to promote that, like, obviously, yes, we would love for people to buy tiny and snail cards. And we really believe in the product that we're putting out and the quality. Um, but even if people never buy a card, like I want them to experience the magic of, of sending something beautiful in the mail. Um, and, and so it's, it, it just feels good to kind of be encouraging and generous in that way. And, and I do think that, you know, some people might, that's like the back door that introduces them to us and, uh, and then maybe eventually they will place an order. But even if they don't, like, it's so fun to see them creating these magazine envelopes and tagging us on Instagram. And, and some people make huge stacks, you know, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm obsessed. Like, no, no magazine is safe now. <laughs> I fun. mean, great. It's upcycling. It's craft. It's, you know, embracing, you know, this just letter writing and snail mail. Um um, but in a very sort of organic way. Um, I think one of the coolest things about snail mail is that it not only makes the day for the person who receives the card, but I think it also changes the person who is sending the card. Um, there are studies that have been done about how mental health can improve after writing a thank you note. And um, I don't know, just like, 
spending a few minutes being off your screen. You know, I think mm-hmm. like non-screen time is becoming this really interesting, precious commodity, I guess. That I agree. Uh, you know, we we came out with the Draw Together collection right after the pandemic came out because mm-hmm. I wanted people to be able to use the mail to communicate with people they love and uh and also have the opportunity to sort of like play a little bit I think like we've moved so far away from playing and I think yeah Grace is really good at that with her envelopes um you know I think that's what it is when she's making them it's just play and so anyway if we can encourage people to like take that time for themselves for that little bit of like I call it self-care you know because you are making an investment in your own mental health when you're creating and uh, writing letters and stuff so um yeah why not make the world a better place yeah I mean plus there is something really special I think about I'm, I'm not sure if I'm attributing this quote correctly but I think it's George Bernard Shaw who said uh writing a letter is like the best way to be by yourself and simultaneously be with someone. I mean, you're Mm. sort of like interacting with the person and saying what you want to say and really thinking about it in a thoughtful way, but you're still completely by yourself. And um, as an introvert, I really love that. Like sometimes that's the best way to be around loved ones yet, you know, you're still interacting with them and you're still like having this meaningful conversation and hopefully they respond. But, uh, you know, letter writing really enables you to slow down and think about it and really, um, you know, articulate what it is, whatever it is that you want to convey in a way that you don't always get the chance to if you're just speaking or texting, I should say. Well, I Um, think that's, I mean, in the ICU, that was a huge uh, takeaway that, we had like we opened up a PO box because people wanted to send letters. So I was like, okay, we're gonna just open up a specific PO box for Leah, and just got flooded with kind mail for Leah. And so every day I would like bring in a new huge pile, and we would have like a a letter reading session. But Leah, do you want to share about your professor? Yeah. So I think one of the most beautiful parts of mail is that. Uh, you can express yourself in a way that like you wouldn't be able to say to the person's face if that makes sense absolutely to me yes (laughs) (laughs) so I had a professor in college who he was great you know he didn't treat me any differently than he treated anybody else but he wrote to me when I was in the ICU and he said, Leah was one of my favorite students. She was a shining light in her class. And, and I, you know, I felt like Tom Sawyer going to his own funeral and getting to hear like these beautiful things about myself. And so one of my personal missions is that, you know, to promote the idea of like, tell people that you love them and how much they mean to you before either of you die. <laughs> and I, it's sort of like <laughs> I, I, I joke that like we're the only company on Instagram that reminds you of your mortality like once a week <laughs> tell him you love him you never know what might happen yeah no yeah, look it's so true it's so true I mean we all know what's gonna happen we're going to die and so <laughs> you don't don't you don't, just don't know when but grace i yesterday you were telling me about this letter from our grandmother to you can you do you want to talk yeah. about because i thought it was so beautiful yeah um a few months ago my mom you know brought me some things that she had found while she was cleaning the basement and stuff and um one of them i opened it up and it was a letter from our grandmother um when i was she wrote it to me when I was like seven or eight. So I had no recollection of this letter, but it was specifically to me and it was multiple pages. And I, I just cried reading this letter. You know, it was just like, it was like a time capsule. Cause she was talking about 
you know, caring for the the uh, little lambs that morning and the trees that she planted and this was the weather. And then she's like, you know, Grace, I'm just, you're so curious and I can tell you love life and you have such a zest and that's just wonderful. And, um, and I didn't really know our, our grandma that well. Um, she passed away quite a while ago and, mm-hmm. but I felt her like she was there yeah, and, yeah. and just to have that, like now I have that forever. Um, right, right, right. And now uh, you get to know her as an adult and not a child yeah. and you can relate to her in a different phase of your circle of life. Um, so yes. what a gift. And I was able to, it was a total gift. And I was able to see, yeah, parts of myself in her, like I, both Lee and I, like we love nature. We love gardening. We love animals, you know, all these things. And it's like, it circles back in my thirties, this letter that she wrote when I was seven and, um, and she was right there, you know? So I think, yeah, we just both feel this huge, um, mission to, to impress this upon people. Like you have the chance to do this, like take it, you know, write the letter, send it, like form these connections and make them deeper and richer. And, um, and like, give this part of yourself to someone that they can have forever, no matter what happens um, in the future. Right. Um, I love that. Just a quick little anecdote. The day before my accident happened, I took my dog to the vet. I signed this insurance paper for any, you know, it was like Aflac, basically. If I got hurt at all, they would Mm -hmm. like, pay me a certain amount of money I signed that paper that day and I wrote to two of my best friends and I couldn't really plan a more perfect day uh to proceed the shittiest day of my life <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm allowed Little to did say you that know. this podcast. you can say it it's fine it's fine I think as far as I know but- I haven't heard any different but yeah I mean that's just so magical that like those things happened um but yeah so just like write those letters because you never know what tomorrow is gonna bring Um, absolutely absolutely I mean it's unfortunate I I have a friend who uh from high school who uh died suddenly I guess it was about 10 years, I think it's 10 years ago because on Facebook, a group of us always put something up about her. And she had sent me a couple letters like shortly before she died. And I always dig them out and look at them like right about then. And I'm like, oh, she touched this. She sent this to me. Like, this is, this is like rather than a Facebook post, like I have this thing, you know, I have this. Uh, private object between her and I, yeah. and uh, I love it. I love it, and I, I, I think of her. You know, I think of her all the time, and it, it's, um, it, it's, you know, it's one of my most prized possessions. Um, and and really, this really ties into something else that you both spoke to me about, which is you really are. Um, you both want your clientele to say more with letters, letter writing, as opposed to cards, you know, the three sentence, thank you note, the, you know, these, you know, sort of, um, sort of missives that we write off without really putting too much thought about it. Um, so can you say why this is and how you see your community, um, responding and evolving, um, do you think we could possibly be on the edge of a huge letter writing renaissance? With any luck, yes. <laughs> Leah, do I you mean, want to? Yeah. I mean, at, at stationary trends, it's all cards. I very, very rarely will someone send me letter paper and I, I run it. I don't run it a lot. I don't see it a lot. I don't, I don't hear about it from retail. Like I've never, I don't hear from retailers. Oh, I can't keep these letter <laughs> kit. You know, like I, it's just not something I hear, but I, I would love to. So I'm sorry, go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've always had a commitment to keep our, the inside of our cards blank because um, you know, I think it's just like the opposite of Hallmark. You know, I 
kind of drives me nuts when people just sign their name inside of a card. It's like, oh, you took all this time to send me a card, but I wanted to hear from you. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, cards are great. I'm not. I'm not anti. No, obviously, no, we're like, not down on yeah. cards. <laughs> But I think it's just something cool that we stumbled upon with these instant artful envelopes that, you know, it is sort of like a card, but then also a letter. And, you know, there's artwork, um, but there's plenty of space to write. And actually, I I have had a few pen pals since college. And um, recently I wrote two of these cards or instant art full envelopes and I had to use several more sheets of paper so they're like stuffed with wow um, <laughs> but um I, like I, I don't know I just have trouble confining my words to uh 10 by 7 area I guess but it's it is um, it's you know it, it can be it can be limiting and uh you know and it, since you guys have so much color and um you know, elements in the artful envelopes aside from the, you know, you know, where you write, it does sort of make it a little less intimidating for people like, oh, there's a big, you know, it's not like it's a, it's not a blank sheet, literally. To me, a blank sheet is very intimidating. So Mm. I'm glad you guys. Yeah, I definitely have friends that write in about this format, you know, like, it's not, it's not excessive. It's, just really lovely how much they write on a sheet of paper or whatever so um i'm really hoping that you know our community finds them really exciting to write on too and grace you've said that they've really done a renaissance in your life with letter writing so Oh. Yeah, I think they've really like brought back the magic of letter writing to me personally. Um, I ended up, you know, to have photographs to put on our website for them and examples of, you know, here's how the product is in action. I ended up writing a lot of letters. And <laughs> at first it was kind of like, oh my gosh, what a chore. Because we this whole collection is 20 envelopes. And I was like, each envelope, I need to have an example. So I was committed to writing 20 letters. <laughs> um, but as I got into it, I was just kind of like, oh, wait a second. Like, this is actually really enjoyable. Like, I am writing some great letters. <laughs> um, this, I, this really needed to be said. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I felt a little bit like Van Gogh, because you know how he would like, sketch little things and the, the letters to his brother sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started doing that. I was like, oh, like I would just, yeah, write like about what I had done that morning. And, oh, I'm, I'm sitting at this desk where I've sat like every day for the past year and a half. And here's a blind contour drawing of the jade plant that I look at all the time. And um <laughs> It it just became so fun to like add these little elements of my drawings and uh, my words and what they mean to me and um, and then it is nice because the outer part of the envelope already looks incredible so I didn't even have to add any paint you know like that was taken care of. Um. I say that I started a stationery company because I felt the pressure to create a card every time I sent something to somebody so I never ended up sending anything because I know <laughs> so anyway I I started a stationary company so that I could send my own artwork to people uh <laughs> so without yeah, having to uh, do with one at a time right yeah yeah so I uh yeah it's all it's always a triumph when I get something in the mail. Uh, Grace is definitely a little better at it, but um, <laughs> you know. But but you do know how to get it up on the site. <laughs> That's true. Yes, and I'm 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 taking consolation in the fact that maybe many 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 more letters are being sent because of me. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I always think makers have to, you know, pat themselves on the back for that. Like, think of all the communications that your product is like 
carrying and, you know, all the congratulations and I'm sorry and I love you. And I, I know. you know, like it's, it's insane. Um, when, when you think that you're, you know, you're helping people give voice to this. Um, and you know, one thing that I came away after I chatted with you guys, it like, it took me a little while to, to like sort of figure this out, but, um, I, I always sort of assumed most makers, most, especially new companies, they aspire to like the rifle paper company model. They want to take off, get a huge following, get a bunch of amazing licensing partnerships. I mean, in, in the case of rifle, it's everything from like heads to wallpaper to pillows. I mean, they like really um, went out there and then you sort of like attain a certain ubiquity and renown and everybody else is like, that's what I want. Um so, but you two are like, don't really seem to be that interested in that. You're, you're more into cultivating a deep connection with your customers and then growing more organically. Um, you even told me that you're cultivating a cult, which I'd love. Um, <laughs> so I have to wonder, like, where do you hope this will go? Where do you guys see yourselves in five years or where would you like to be? Yeah. I mean, it is very important to us to to continue growing from where we are. Like this is actually the first year when we've been able to legitimately pay ourselves. But even with that, it's still not at a sustainable. Yeah, it was a big a big day when we started doing that. Um but it it's also clear like okay, we're not like at a sustainable level for ourselves yet. Um and so we do need to grow to continue to make this like uh, something that we can continue Flourish, for years right. and years. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think at the same time, we're also very cognizant of, we don't want to create our own prison basically, you know, through this business. And um, I just, I think about it a lot where it's like, okay, with every, new opportunity you pursue or a uh, venture you get into, like there's a benefit, but there's also a cost to it. And, you know, what is the cost in terms of the hours it's going to take the, um, it just, it's like that lifestyle balance. And I think Lee yeah. and I are both really committed to like living beautiful and vibrant lives. Um, and a huge part of that is, creating our art for an audience that appreciates it and that purchases from us and that can then help like feed our dogs and our families and, and all of that. But that in the same time, it's like, yeah, I want to be able to go out and spend time in my garden. And, um, I, I want to be able to like go visit Leah for, right. and my family right. for a week, not be like, Oh my gosh, but I'm not in the studio to ship stuff. And, um, yeah, so even thinking about growing to the point where we would need employees, like it just doesn't really appeal to me because it's like mm -hmm. that, I think that would be, it's just an, another layer of, um, stress and, and things to figure out. And I think we can get to a point where we're both paying ourselves a really fair, good wage without reaching that level um, mm -hmm. and, and that amount of stress. So it's a balance. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. I think th there's wonderful value in saying like, this is not, I'm not really interested in, you know, being super corporate, you know, like making it, you know, more of a task as opposed to a passion, you know, like you're able to sort of like straddle that line where you're creating something meaningful. It's growing, uh, but you're not like, you know, you're not like a wolf of wall street. Like it's, you know, like you're, you know, like you're just kind of letting it happen and enjoying life. So I, I, I'm, I'm much more into that personally. <laughs> I think yeah. it's also sort of something we accidentally have found, um, that like every time I often have ideas for this or that, or like, you know, I wanted to make sweatshirts at one point and I wanted to make temporary tattoos last year. And it just seems like you know, we have such a deep commitment to quality mm -hmm. and to try to produce things 
at a small scale that are like actually at a decent price point for the customer and for us it's it's just really hard so like i think we fit like i think we've pretty much figured it out with cards um like Mm -hmm. quality is good the price point is good for us like it's sustainable um and so yeah i often have these ideas and grace will humor me by letting me pursue them and then we just it's like every time we find out that (laughs) oh it's not gonna work very well so uh, i don't know i mean it's good though and you have to do you have you have to do that because you're going to, that's how you're going to grow, you know, like, cause if, it, and you'll never, you know, you have to throw so much at the wall, you know, only one or two things might stick, but you will never find mm-hmm. them unless you like, are like, yeah, you know, the stickers didn't really work out or that, you know, this didn't work out. But if I hadn't tried all that, I wouldn't have found this. I love being a creative when constraints, I think that, you know, for me, it actually really helps and informs my process and art so yeah I I don't know it's just like an interesting thing as a designer I guess that you you're working with and within constraints absolutely no I feel the same way like if it was if I had to do something like open-ended like just create a podcast like I wouldn't even know where to start but because I can because it's so like I know my path I know my what do, what do they say? Know your role. What is it that Stay all the kids in your lane. say? I don't Stay know. in your lane. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. No, I'm sure my teenager has told me that at least five times in the past week. I should know it by now, right? And okay. I, I was going to say like the constraints. Like I think that's also really helped us with our collections. Um, which I, I I know that some other card companies do this, but not too many. I don't think. Like we really try to put out themed collections not just like holiday you know or something like that but it'll be like we had the deep roots collection mm-hmm, which was mm-hmm. uh we launched that on what we call leah lived day um yes, we yeah no, yeah her, of her accident or um like we what are some other collections the keep dancing collection was one and um, the draw together collection, the courage collection, like we really try to to create like a cohesive body of work. And and I think Leah's art school training really comes through with this too, because she almost like will come up with a, a thesis of like sure. this is the meaning behind this collection and it's really beautiful. And I think that our customers, I mean we've had customers honestly like take the day off of work on some of our collection launch days, (laughs) which is so amazing. Um, But they're like so excited to buy the complete set of of that collection. And um, so it it is really fun and yeah. Also, I love surprising people. So, you know, like a launch days are awesome because it's just like, hey, look what I did, you know? Right, right, yeah, look what I just pulled this out of my hat. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love, I think what's so cool about your collections, it's almost like you're like marrying conceptual art to commerce. I mean, like you say, say Deep Roots collection. Well, like, okay, you, I hear that and I'm like, hmm, Deep Roots. Well, what does that mean to me? You know, oh, okay, you put down roots in your house, but, you know, you have roots in your family, yet you also, you know, have roots in your community. Like, it really takes these larger ideas and allows people to sort of like explore them in their own relationships and their own lives and what they mean to them um in a it's way actually been that quite surprising some of the cards like one in particular our lady of the moon uh grace predicted it was gonna be a flop and it has been... this is the one that this is, I was wrong on this one. I will admit I was wrong on this one. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> and surprising how people respond to this card. Um, it's so exciting. It's so funny. And, uh, That's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm on your site looking at it, but you guys have so many, you have so many cards and like, 
I feel like I can't even look at it as we're talking because I would need to stop and look at it and think about it and, and then come up with a witty comeback. And so that's what's happening. And, and, <laughs> and another unexpected cool thing is like, because we write descriptions on our website, um, I feel like, you know, I am sort of verbally exploring the concept behind each card and like, you know, where it came from, um, yeah, and so it, it's a. I I do kind of feel like I'm in art grad school or something where you know I'm creating <laughs> these themed body of works and then writing thesis theses about them. You're going to be graded. You're going to get a grade. That's sooner or later. Yeah, but, and a diploma. So, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's it's a uh, very cool it's, to it's uh, have this opportunity. Yeah, I love this. I love this approach. Uh, so uh, my last question is, is there anything else you write or die chicks would like to share? Uh, can you give our listeners any peek of what you're working on? Yeah, um, we basically have all of our collections planned out and mostly designed for the next two years, which wow. is, yeah, <laughs> we feel very excited about that. We, we've realized like, okay, we need to get on a schedule because with our local Milwaukee printer to get the price point right, we have to print such a large volume. So we almost need to print like a full year's worth of cards with them. So every collection. Um, so anyway, we, Leah, I mean, I've designed some of them, but Leah's done a lot of <laughs> the work for this designing and um, and once she starts creating, it's just like off to the races. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was talking with my husband last night or yesterday and, uh, he was saying, um, he was like, wait, you have two years worth of collections, but you don't have any of them completed. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're like a procrastinator and a perfectionist at the same time so <laughs> but that's exactly how he is so uh yeah right. I guess we get along in that regard but yeah, yeah it's like, and it's methodical I have to finalize these things I want to keep toying with them and take right them, but so um, I am going to crack the whip and make her finalize them because I'm because this is the next thing like this isn't as uh sexy and as exciting maybe but we do know that we need to to grow more. Um, and so it's like, okay, I think 2022 is the year where we maybe venture into some paid advertising. I don't know if that's like, probably with like Facebook and Instagram, we just need so more like, eyes. Get your name out there. Yeah. Like get, put yourself yeah. out there a little bit. Yeah. Let's yeah. And it, we, mm-hmm. we always talk about like our besties, you know, and um, like when we get a bestie, like they are, with us, you know? And so it's like, if we can just, um, continue to grow our, our besties, like that is, I think that's ultimately like our key to success is just like getting enough of those on board with us. Um, yeah. Yeah, So that's debating a cult. Exactly. We need to grow the cult. (laughs) Grow the cult. One thing, I think one thing that kind of separates us as a stationary company is that we share so much of our personal lives. And I think people gravitate towards that. You know, it's like kind of a voyeuristic thing, but also like you feel like you know the person and oh absolutely they feel like they know know you 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 bring out their stories they tell you all sorts of things that you never thought you were gonna hear in your life and because because (laughs) of our crazy story I think like there's such a uh you know I feel like we have like a crowd cheering me on um in terms of my recovery and stuff like that so it's just like I don't know people want to be a part of people's lives and so yeah, I think Absolutely. our besties are our besties are our besties, and like we, when they place an order, we're like, oh my gosh, did you see who just placed an order? And we're so excited about <laughs> it. And like, uh, I don't know, it's just a really cool community to be a part of because yeah. people who like paper are honestly some of the coolest people. You know, somebody who takes agree. time to write a card, and it's just like, yeah, like that's. 
that's who we want um, to be connected to. So, absolutely, yeah. and the the community just you know it, it's like it, it's like building a community is sort of antagonistic to the whole idea of social media in that there's something like really organic and friendly and accepting about it. Whereas, you know, Instagram is not always that place. Facebook is not always that place. And so, you know, people crave it and, you know, you find, you find people like you and you, you know, you really, really cling on to them. Uh, I also love how you plan uh, a couple of years out, uh, you know, for, the publication, we do an editorial calendar every year. You know, I basically know what's in every issue, uh, but I don't fill it in until much closer because I feel like so much could happen between now and then, but it enables me to kind of like approach it in a bit of an informed way. So I, I love that you guys are doing that too. And because that, I mean, like if you're going to have collections called, you know, uh, the Courage Collection, the Look for Light Collection, the Hope Springs Collection. You know, these are like very heady concepts. Like you can't just throw that together. Like you got to, you know, you got to put something into that. Like you're really setting the bar pretty high for yourself. So, uh, yeah, so- yeah. After the international envelopes, I was just like, oh, no, I don't know how we can ever top this. Like we've peaked. But Leah's like, don't worry, I have lots more up my sleeve. Yeah, absolutely. You will. You will. I mean, you can never, you you haven't peaked yet. You guys have a lot uh, more in you. And I am really going to enjoy having a ringside seat to sort of like seeing you guys grow and evolve. Um, I'm so, I feel so lucky. I know you guys were founded in 2017, but I still feel like I'm sort of getting in early on your trajectory. So I'm like really um excited to see where you guys go that means so much to us sarah i just it's just so cool to be able to talk with you and you're just like a wealth of wealth of uh, information and like joy about this business so anyway uh, thank, thank oh, so that's much. so sweet of you to say. And the gratitude is all mine because thank you guys for coming by. <laughs> yeah. So fun. We really love your podcast. And and I'm always just like, she's so good at having a conversational podcast. Like, I, I think you really do have a knack for it. So the fact that we got to chat with you today is just like such a joy. Aw, thank you guys. And girling. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. The flattery will get you very far. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leah and Grace, or is that Tiny and Snail, for coming on the paper fold. I so enjoyed hearing about the background and approach of this very distinctive range. The way both of them have turned misfortune into a rich tapestry of art and emotion is very moving to me, and I am really going to enjoy witnessing their trajectory from my ringside seat. So finally, thank you for listening. Again, our theme music is by the wonderful Sharon Glassman of Smile Songs. See and hear more at smilesongs.com. If you like what you are hearing, please give me a five-star rating. And if you feel like waxing eloquent, feel free to leave me a review too. Thank you so much, nerds. Stay safe. <laughs>